we have a brand new podcast. Visit myprivacy.help to subscribe. Did you know you can completely control your personal information without relying on a third party? Farris, Gordon and industry experts explain how you can reclaim control of your data, your privacy, your life. Visit myprivacy.help. We have a question, uh, which is exciting. And you can ask a question, bitcoinbasics.help. Click on the red microphone button on the right-hand side or just go to bitcoinbasics.help slash ask. We have answered uh, every single question that's been um, uploaded and posted to us. So I don't think we have actually avoided yeah. any questions. So, yeah, and yeah. some of them satisfactorily. <laughs> some, <laughs> yeah, not so bad. So whether your question is technical or not, um, ask it and uh, we'd be more than happy to answer it because other people are probably thinking exactly like you as well. Welcome to Bitcoin Basics with your hosts, Faris and Gordon. Visit bitcoinbasics.help if you need help buying and securing your Bitcoin. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Welcome to another Bitcoin Basics podcast with your host, host me, Gordon. And I have Faris with a new location, if anyone's actually watching this, but we'll get into that in a second, or maybe not. Uh, before we get started, let's do the uh, proof recording. Today is the 1st of September, 2023. The price of Bitcoin is $25,965 US. And the block height is 805,632. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, I'm looking at the Clark Moody dashboard. Faris, how's it going? It's been a while. It's been way too long since we've done a recording. So yeah, I've relocated and... Um... Yeah, we've not done Bitcoin Basics in a long time. So thanks for your patience, everyone. And I'm um, sorry about the hiatus. Apology accepted. You sound exactly the same, Ferris, for all those audio listeners. I've uh, lost a lot of IQ points in between. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if that's coming out. <laughs> all right, me too. It's a steady point a- for me. <laughs> we have a question. Uh, which is exciting. And you can ask a question, bitcoinbasics.help. Click on the red microphone button on the right-hand side, or just go to bitcoinbasics.help slash ask. We have answered uh, every single question that's been um, uploaded and posted to us. So I don't think we've actually avoided yeah. any questions. So, yeah, And yeah. some of them satisfactorily. <laughs> some of them, yeah, not too bad. So whether your question's technical or not, um, ask it and uh, we'd be more than happy to answer it because other people are probably thinking exactly like you as well. So without further ado, here's today's question. Hey, Ferris. Uh, this is Axel. Uh, thank you all for the education that you provide. I recently bought some Bitcoin on a, on a platform, uh, but uh, as a as you, you might guess, I left the private key with that platform. Now, um, I'm wondering what would happen if I take the private key out of that platform into a cold wallet. And in the following month, say, I would purchase more Bitcoin. In that case, do I connect the cold wallet to the internet 
and the private key will be the same or do I or do I have to to store a different key or do I have to order a new cold wallet to store then the private key for the last purchase I'm not sure how this works this might be <laughs> a stupid question thank you thanks okay. axel for the question and i noticed in the question he asked it directly to you faris so i'm gonna sit back and let you answer <laughs> axel's question well normally it's the other way around because your name's easier to pronounce for most people but yeah thanks for the question and um it's a good one actually it's i had to take some notes because there's a lot of um strategies involved so yeah first and foremost Yes, you do want to get your coins off an exchange. Um, before you do so, make sure you know what you're doing and where they're going. So when we say private keys, um, that is essentially yeah, the password to send your Bitcoins. And when they're when you buy them from an exchange, any exchange, they hold that password and you want to get control of that. Long-term solutions, you do want to get them into a cold storage device. We have reviewed several um, and they are on our website. You can go to our affiliates link. Uh, so first question is um, about it being offline. So you send your private keys into a cold storage device. Now in that cold storage device, you're basically sending them to another address. So the private keys are on one address, a public address at your exchange. You are going to send them from that exchange to a new address in the cold storage device. Difference being is you have control of private keys on that cold storage device. You can keep sending Bitcoins and like even guys like Swan Bitcoin have it set up automatically um, where you just send it to that address and know that cold storage device does not need to be online. It can just be sitting in a secure location. Now, obviously, what you want to do with a cold storage device is back up your seed words. So it's 12, 24 seed words, um, have another one and your secure devices. You want to keep those really safe. Um, so, yeah, you do not need to be online to keep receiving Bitcoins into or Satoshis into that device. Uh, I'm going to catch my breath, Gordon, because we're out of practice here before I jump into the next bit. So you say something. Something. Uh, I, I think you're on the right track, Axel. That wasn't that funny. Come on, dude. You're on the right track. You know that you shouldn't be leaving your coins on exchange. So you've, I, I assume you've already got a hardware wallet, whatever that is. Um, as far as said, we've reviewed several. And I would actually like uh, for you to have a listen to an early episode that we did, episode 19, What is a Bitcoin Wallet? And we actually go into the different kinds of wallets, got custodial, non-custodial. Um, so that could be everything from a, a wallet on your desktop computer, a hardware wallet, an exchange wallet, that kind of stuff. So have a listen to that. It sort of explains what private keys are, where they are. But essentially, I think you're on the right track. As Farah said, if you've already got Bitcoin in your cold storage wallet and you want to buy more Bitcoin, you just simply buy it on exchange and then transfer that to your cold storage wallet again. Um, it's pretty much that simple. I think we also get up, we, we get hung up around a lot of terminology and private keys and where are the private keys stored. A lot of this stuff is quite abstract because you know, the blockchain is storing everything. So I'm not going to go into it, but basically you really have either control of your Bitcoin, which means you're storing your Bitcoin in a cold storage wallet, which means you control the private keys. So as Faris said, in order to spend those private keys, you have control of them. 
If you store it on an exchange or another sort of wallet, then you don't have control of those keys as you as you sort of mentioned. So we don't really need to worry about any of that stuff because Bitcoin wallets Bitcoin wallets actually handle that stuff internally anyway. Bitcoin wallets manage the keys, they create new keys, they send receive, all that kind of stuff. So at the end of the day, you don't really need to worry about that stuff. All you need to worry about is who controls my private keys, who controls my Bitcoin. If you've got them on a cold storage wallet, you control them. If an exchange or whatever has them, then you don't control them. And that's it at the end of the day. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, like, and share so we can find others like yourself. Um, yeah, the other thing I want to mention is you can leave that cold storage device just sitting around and not connect it to your computer for a long time. But, and this is something I want you to chime in with, Gordon, is there's software updates. So, and I know this has actually happened to me with a cold storage device. I lost some Satoshis because it said... Because when you connect it, it's these devices have their own platform. So Trezor, Ledger, Foundation, um, Bitbox have their own. And that's how they communicate with the blockchain. That's a software program that needs to be updated. And I'm pretty sure I lost some Satoshis because I hadn't updated. And it said that I sent my um, Satoshis out, but never received them to another address. Um, so that's the other thing you need to consider is updating these devices so obviously when you're going to do that gordon you want to do it on a secure computer um you want to do it in a private location and yeah it is a it's something that you have to do isn't it gordon is just update these software on these devices the firmware yes and no it depends on the manufacturer um in theory you could just leave your cold storage device in a bank vault or somewhere secure for 20 years and that's no problem. Uh, in reality, it's probably good sort of practice to sort of keep them updated. Um, but then again, you know, every time they use them and update them or something like that, there is something potentially that can sort of go wrong. So it's a little bit of a catch-22. If, they, if they're long-term storage, like you're thinking about your retirement fund or in America, you call it IRA yeah. or superannuation or whatever, and that's something you're not going to touch for 20 years, then don't use a cold storage wallet. That's probably not an appropriate uh, medium for that. Um, whereas if you, you know, just want to get them off exchange, you know, cold storage wallet is perfect. It's something that you can update and whatnot. So it, an annoying answer is it depends. But it seems like, to, to go uh, full circle back to your answer again, it seems like you know that you shouldn't leave the exchange. You're doing the right mm. thing. You've got your Bitcoins in a cold storage wallet. You don't need to worry so much about all the details behind the hood. Uh, Bitcoin wallet handles all that stuff, the managing management of keys, creation of keys, sending, receiving, all that kind of stuff. Um, don't use the same address. And most wallets, whenever you click receive, will generate a new Bitcoin address for you anyway um, for privacy purposes. So you don't really need to worry about what's sort of happening under the hood. Just get your keys off an exchange into your cold storage wallet. As I said before, if you're thinking of a, your retirement fund, something you're not going to touch for 20 years, maybe, sorry, definitely, probably a cold storage wallet is not the appropriate solution for mm. you. You need to look at estate planning. You need to look at um, perhaps an offline wallet or a metal wallet or some of like that. 
Yeah, so I just want to jump back on the multiple addresses. So with that, and a lot of um, experts in the Bitcoin community will say never use the same wallet twice. So as we said, when you receive Bitcoins, it generates a new wallet. So that's like a new bank account number, for example. And then you can set it up where every time you get new Bitcoins, it creates a new address. But is there a new 24 seed phrase for that wallet? And this is where I've actually gotten stuck where I thought, oh yeah, I've got a wallet. And I've got my seed phrase, but when I create a new address, it needed a new seed phrase. And I thought they came all under the one because some wallets used to you just need one seed phrase and open up multiple addresses. To be honest, if you're new to the space, I wouldn't do that to begin with. Just have one wallet address until you start getting used to it and then create more. But just keep remembering to back up that seed phrase in two locations. Uh, this is something we actually show you how and where to do. Um, that's... I would wait till you're a bit more experienced with that. And I can't, and this is a question for you probably going is I don't see the point of having multiple addresses on say the one cold storage device, because if you lose that cold storage device, what's it matter if you have one or eight addresses, but if you start to accumulate a decent amount of Satoshi's or Bitcoins, then yes, I see them. You have a cold storage device separating into, and then some on a um, metal device, that I can see, but I don't really see the point of having multiple addresses on one device. I think you mean multiple wallets, not addresses. Multiple wallets, thank you. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, I agree, I agree. Um, you should have two wallets. So you can have as many addresses as you want, and every time you send receive Bitcoin, as well, every time you receive Bitcoin, you should always generate a new address. And most wallets nowadays do that automatically for you. You don't need to worry about mm-hmm. it. Uh, in terms of wallets, though, I, I would... And this is, we're getting deep in the weeds and uh, Mm. I think this is where we're going to stop. But yeah, best practices really, if you've got a small amount, don't worry about it. And for whatever that amount is for you, for some people that might be $100, for some people it might be $1,000. Just keep it in one wallet, as Farah said. One wallet, one uh, 24 word seed phrase, simple. Um, You've got privacy because you're regenerating addresses every time you buy Bitcoin on exchange and transfer it to your wallet anyway. Um, That's good. Easy. Uh, once you get more than a well, once you get a significant amount, you probably want to have two wallets. Um, every hardware uh, Bitcoin wallet has the ability of creating it's kind of like a hidden wallet or a secure wallet that you generate with a twenty fifth word. So that's a password. So even if someone gets your twenty four words, um, they still can't get to it if they got a password. We're getting into the weeds. Basically, um, what I'm saying, Ferris, is he needs to go to a workshop. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll just give you a quick summary, uh, Axel. So essentially, yes, get your keys off a of cold storage device. Know where they're going. So go to our affiliate site to see recommended um, cold storage devices. Uh, back up those seed phrases and start with a small amount, like $100 worth, just so you know, and then check that they've received them, and then you can start doing more. And then once you're comfortable with that process um, and you want a longer-term solution, then there's other options available. So we hope we eventually answered your question. (laughs) So at the end of the day, buy Bitcoin on an exchange, whether that's privately or one of the big exchanges, and privacy is a whole other topic. Transfer them from the exchange to your Bitcoin wallet. Um, there are a lot of best practices, some that we've mentioned now regarding privacy, security. Because to be honest, buying Bitcoins kind of the easy thing. Um, trying to uh, keep your Bitcoin safe and private and secure is sort of the more challenging thing. 
And uh, for us, that's why we have a workshop. So if anyone listening to this uh, wants to go through how to buy and especially store and manage your Bitcoins safely and securely, uh, bitcoinbasics.help slash workshop, or just go to our website and click on the workshop button. Um, And there'll be details about the next workshop. You can also register your interest um, as to sign up and register for the next workshop. So we go through all that kind of stuff. Uh, especially the best practices, because it can be pretty daunting um, to have to think and manage all this sort of stuff all at once. So we go through mm. it step by step, super practical. So we stay away from a lot of theory and we actually go through the process of getting it, for example, from an exchange all the way to your hardware wallet. Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to go to bitcoinbasics.help to ask a question and register for our next workshop. Thanks for watching or listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe, and share so we can spread this educational content to others like yourself. Visit bitcoinbasics.help. Disclaimer. Any content provided by CoinCompass is for educational and informational purposes only and is not investment, legal, tax, or any other professional advice. A qualified professional should be consulted before making any financial decisions. CoinCompass will at times recommend certain products, services, and technologies, but these are opinions based upon our own or podcast guests' experience and not endorsements. We take no liability for out-of-date or inaccurate information, software bugs, manufacturing errors, technology misuse, or issues involving third parties. Visit CoinCompass.com for more information and please contact us.